When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I have the great mate, will never overcook your steak, Brandon Karam. We are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? Doing good, L.J. Just watched game six of the NLCS uh and while the game indicated that it was a close game the whole way just you could tell that Atlanta was in cruise control for the entire game um and while we are going to talk about the game of course there's really not much for us to say if you want like a lot of in-depth analysis go check out the last few episodes we did we went pretty deep into both of the team's thought processes with their pitching lineup making all that check out the last few episodes i feel like we've done a pretty good job uh breaking down this series but uh lj should we get right into it and uh yeah should i start off by saying congratulations to atlanta Absolutely, you should. Congratulations to the Atlanta Braves as they win 4-2 here in the NLCS, advanced to their first World Series since, what was it, 90? 95. Or 99, excuse me. 99, yeah, I was going to say. They Um, they won it in 95. Yeah. So, first opportunity to win since 95. And 
what a team to do it with too. I believe it was Billy Bean that said you can do a lot to win regular season games, but at the end of the day, it takes something else to be able to win postseason games. Sometimes it's just heat. Some, but I think it's more than just heat. I think it's also having the right guys who are going to who are capable of stepping up in those moments. The Braves here have proved that they can do that because not only did they beat the Dodgers, the second best team team in the regular season this year, but they also beat the Brewers, who were widely regarded as the most terrifying. They 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 took down the two most terrifying rotations in all of baseball in order to get here with an offense that's lacking their best star. Brandon, I'm not, I can't remember off the top of my head how many division titles they've won of late, but a lot. It's been a lot. Of all the teams of theirs to make the World Series, the 88 win AL East winners were not the ones I thought were going to be making it at all. LJ, they have won the NL East. In 2013, 2018, 2019, 2020, and 2021. And Amazing. And the 88 right. wins is the least amount that they've had in any of those seasons, uh, not counting 2020, in which their win percentage would have put them well on pace for over 88 wins. Yeah, so actually, let's even back it up to 2000. They win the division from 2000 to 2005 as a part of that absolutely dominant stretch they had from 91 to 2005. But they don't make it in any of those six seasons. They don't make the World Series. They come back to relevance again in 2013 and then back here for these last, now it's four years, one out of their last 10 division titles has managed to make it to the World Series. This is a very interesting team. It's a very interesting team, but I want to go back to another Billy Bean quote. You know, he's famous for, you know, creating money ball with the 2002 Oakland Athletics. And this quote's not specifically in the movie, but he's gone out on record and said this quote a lot of times. He said that as a general manager, your job is to get the team into the playoffs. And after that, it's it's a dice roll. It, it really is. Because how many times, LJ, have we seen in the regular season, even this year, the Orioles or the Diamondbacks go on a 10-game stretch where they win 8 out of 10 games or 7 out of 10 games? Because it happens. And were the Dodgers on paper the better team? Absolutely. You know, if you play, you know, this series 10 times, do the Dodgers win six or seven of them? Maybe. But also you need to take into account that in the playoffs, literally anything can happen. And if you go back to our playoff predictions episode, holy crap, me and LJ. I I mean, I think you picked the Astros to the World Series, right? In the playoff prediction, yes, I took Astros-Giants. Okay, so – you got one of the teams, but still, I mean, look at what I picked. I was wrong a, a lot. And 
Yes, I, I, I want to take this one more opportunity to remind us all that I did have a perfect American League bracket. Entirely perfect. Yes. Impressive. I'm, I'm very impressed with that. Um, totally, totally perfect. The National League was a tough scene, but actually, yeah, no, it really was just the Giants I missed, right? I think you just missed the Giants. Well, who yeah, did you? Cardinals oh, and yeah. the Dodgers, I forget. Because I know for a fact you took the Braves. You picked the Cardinals. Okay, so it was the Cardinals and the Giants I missed. Other than that, you were. You Braves were, over Brewers. Yeah. That was really You had bad. Red Sox to the CS. Yep. Which I, I was very shocked by, but hey, I mean, LJ, I don't blame you. You very impressed with, with your picks, but nonetheless, I mean. Winning players make winning plays. That's what it comes down to. Winning managers also make winning plays too. I think that doesn't get talked about enough is they have a way bigger role and their gut has a way bigger role in the postseason than it does all regular season. Just as much as the players are asked to step up and make these winning plays in these games that are under intense scrutiny, more scrutiny than any other game that they play in all season. But so much of this comes down to management, particularly pitching management, right? And I think that's what separates, at least in my opinion, the great managers, the great postseason managers from the others is that they're not afraid to make mistakes at this point. Some of it comes from comfort, but I think you have to admit the two guys who have gambled the most with their pitching staff have been Alex Cora and Dave Roberts this year. Where did it get them? It got them to the CS. That means a lot. And they take the big risk and they have the gut, they have the intuition to have it work out most of the time. But at the same time, again, it also does have to be acknowledged. It's not always going to work. You're not always going to have that perfect play as the manager, just as much as the players aren't going to have the perfect play. But I would like to, do we want to, do you want to do the uh, early innings real quick before I have something to uh, say here when we get to the fourth inning about um, risky calls? Can I make one last quick point uh, just to bounce off what you just said? You know, and I see this a lot made in the general media where at least the mainstream media like ESPN, MLB Network, where they seem to think that one player can carry a baseball team, which I can't even like fathom in my head that, that so that like people still have this thought process. Ronald Acuna Jr. was probably on pace to be a top three MVP candidate this year at the time when he got hurt, he plays 82 games. So he plays a little over half the games this year and the Braves make the world series without him. It, it it just goes to show that you literally need contributions from all 26 players. And to think that one player can get a team there, it's like, like it's any other sport is flat out ridiculous to me. I, I just needed to make that point. You need, you need all the, you need the entire roster to win the game, but at the same time to acknowledge the impact of a player there are certain guys who are going to get the job done. We're going to talk about um, Eddie Rosario's fantastic CS. He absolutely won the CS for this team more than anybody else. 
However, in order for him to be able to be that, that clutch, in order for him to be able to be that effective, he needed his teammates to step up and get themselves in a position for him to be effective. If the, pitching, if the pitching staff doesn't go out there and pitch to their best, he's not going to be in, in a position to drive in the runs they need, to score the runs they need. If, the, if his own teammates don't get on base ahead of him, he's not going to be able to do much when he's at the plate. And I think it just goes to show that you can't call a player overrated based on his team's success. That's another crazy notion that I've been seeing made. But, yeah, let's get into uh, the – Also, wait, actually, that reminded me of one more place I wanted to go here. Absolutely. Braves for not giving up. Uh, yes. There is no reason in logic – honestly, it defies logic. The Cardinals and the Braves defy logic in this regard in that – Neither of those teams looked like they were going to be playoff teams when they when the deadline hit. And yet, what did they do? They still added. And they still added significant pieces. The Braves went out and reset their entire outfield at the deadline. And look where that got them. That got them to a World Series. I think this should be a welcome sign and a sign of encouragement for every team that's willing to spend not even just the big market, the New Yorks, the Bostons, but even years from now, Houston, that mid-sized market, St. Louis, Seattle, those types of markets, this is a sign of you're never really, you're not out of reach by the deadline, even if you don't look like a playoff team. So if you're willing to afford the salary of adding more to your team, like those teams are, there's no reason you shouldn't go out and do it. Yeah, and it's time that we start considering Alex Anthopoulos, one of the most forward-thinking GMs in the league. Uh, when you see the way he's got this team set up for the future, it's incredible what he's done with this team, especially what he did at the deadline. But, yeah, let's get into the the game as uh, we have Walker Bueller versus Ian Anderson, game six of the NLCS Braves. Now, Brandon, I didn't – I know I, I we're, I'm slowing down the process here, but if I understood this correctly, I didn't catch the beginning, very beginning of the game, but it seems to be the way they talked about it, that we got more light shed on the whole Max Scherzer start thing, because it seemed to me that there was quite a bit of communication there, which overall I think helps the situation of the fact that not only was Max Scherzer not feeling ready to go, but Walker Bueller really was. So that certainly, you know, that makes everybody feel better, I think. I think realistically, knowing Max Scherzer, if Walker Bueller hadn't been so outspoken about feeling fresh, he probably would have tried to push through this. Yeah. Uh, is what I came to understand from that. Walker Bueller was 100% ready to start this game. Uh, you're absolutely right in that. But – First inning, Ian Anderson works a clean first. Uh, and then in the bottom of the first, Atlanta comes to the plate. Eddie Rosario leads off with a single. Two batters later, uh, Ozzy Albies doubles. Uh, so Freeman hits into a double play. Ozzy Albies doubles with two outs. Then Austin Riley with a ground rule double to score Albies. It is one to nothing Atlanta early. Ian Anderson 
settles in second inning clean third inning clean uh the braves unable to get anything going in those innings either uh but then in the top of the fourth the dodgers finally strike trey turner walks will smith with a single and then cody bellinger with a huge hit uh beats the shift to the left side uh he singles that scores trey turner and it is one to one until the bottom of the fourth where atlanta's offense here real quick yeah Uh, let me take the reins really quick on this one as we go into the bottom of the fourth and this starts Jock Peterson strikes out. We end up with, and then Dan, Dansby Swanson flies out. So we are down to two outs now as Travis Darno walks. And here, right here, is where Atlanta, I think, put their hat in the ring in terms of making risky decisions, risking it for the biscuit in order to win a playoff game. Brandon, four innings, 66 pitches, only three hits. For Ian Anderson at this point, he's dealing. He'd been settled in all that time, and you pull him in the fourth inning in replace for a pinch hitter with two outs. That probably is one of the riskier in-game pitching decisions that somebody's decided to make, especially in a game that means so much because you can – there's so many benefits, I think, to letting him go other than the offense side – that with two outs, I don't think I make that decision. It's it's a tough choice to make because it's a tie game. You look up and down the Dodgers lineup, and any of those guys can go deep at pretty much any any moment. Anderson did look good, don't get me wrong. But at that point, with how good this Braves bullpen has been, He's putting full trust into A.J. Minner, who he ended up bringing in, and it ends up working out beautifully for him. Yes, yes, it does, absolutely, but you have to admit, that is a huge risk. It is, it is, and he did the same thing in the DS against the against the, the Brewers in Game 3, where he pulls Ian Anderson uh, after only five innings, uh, uh, and he was dealing in that game as well. Just shows that Brian Snicker, like you said, is not afraid to make these very risky choices. LJ, I'll have you continue, though, is what ends up happening after he pulls him? He pulls him, and this man here, Adrianza, the pinch hitter, managed to double. Unfortunately, this only sends Travis Darno to third, but who does that bring up? The big, bad man, Eddie Rosario. And what could Eddie Rosario possibly do other than rip a home run to right field, three-run piece, and all of a sudden this is a 4-1 ball game? Brandon, the odds just – thinking about the percentages in baseball, the odds of a home run are slim enough. But just to get two hits with two outs was a tough, tough ask. And Brian Snicker knew – that was what he was going to need with Darno being the one on first. He knew that was what was going to be required in order for him to be able to score that run. For him to make that choice anyways to pull Anderson, I think that that that's really in my head 
why it's such a tough ask. Yeah, and, you know, I think he's also thinking in his head, Snicker, if I can just flip this lineup over to Eddie Rosario, that, that's, that's all he's thinking in his head. If I can get Eddie Rosario up to the plate, we're feeling good with how hot this guy has been. Not only in this series, but have you seen what his like second half splits were? I mean, it was it, it's it's pretty crazy that he is in the second half nine oh three OPS compared to a six eighty five OPS in the first half of the season. <laughs> it's just turned a corner since he got back from that injury in August and. Th- that's exactly what's going through his head. Uh, what a player this guy is. Uh, remember, he was traded for Pablo Sandoval in cash. Uh, Pablo Sandoval ends up getting DFA'd by the Indians immediately. Doesn't play a single game for them, I don't think, this year. So, unbelievable uh, what this guy does uh, in this series. And we're certainly going to get to... Uh, him in a little bit as well, but just amazing. And that was what, and it was four to one. That made it four to one, yes. Well, fifth and sixth innings are relatively quiet. Both both pitching staffs settle in. Brewster Gratterall comes in, uh, looks nasty as usual. LJ, this guy is going to be a force in the future. It's October, and he's still throwing a 102-mile-an-hour fastball with arm side action. Let me guess what happened next, Brandon. You went around the dorm hall polling people on their reactions uh, to Bruce Gratterall's pitching. Well, I am home tonight, so... You went around the apartment complex. That's right, I forgot. You went around the apartment complex. I went, I, went out, I went out into the living room and told my mom to watch carefully as he's pitching, as he's electric. You see, every, if you can't tell I have a hard-on for Bruce. Witness, it's the Bruce Dark Ratterall fans you got to watch out for at your door. Uh, LJ, can I just say, if he, if this guy got traded to the Red Sox in the Mookie Betts trade originally, you would have a hard-on for him too. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a it's winter time when temperatures go down the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them so don't risk a costly replacement stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the service guard appliance repair program from black hills energy it's peace of mind in a plan visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more Honestly, like I, I, you know, I, I think that's why you're not as excited about him because you know that the Red Sox could have had this guy. <laughs> you know that I forget about it is the thing. Like at the same time too, 
it feels almost too nat. Him throwing a hundred almost feels too natural. I'm sorry, but in the tight pants. And I'm, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm not wishing anything on this, any ill will towards this guy. However, let's see how he goes the next couple of years in terms of wear and tear on him, because it almost feels too natural, especially for a guy who's already had issues with his arm in the past injury wise at a very young age. So I'll be interested to see how he can hold up throughout the entirety of a major league career with that motion. I agree. And uh, yeah, you're right. I already had Tommy John surgery, but fifth and sixth inning, relatively quiet. We go to the top of the seventh where the Braves bring in uh, Luke Jackson to pitch. He allows a leadoff double to Chris Taylor and then a walk to Cody Bellinger. AJ Pollock steps up next. He rips a double down the left field line. Dodgers score a second run and it is four to two. And now it's second and third with no outs. And Brian Snicker makes another huge move here, bringing in Tyler Matzik. Look, as much as he's making a huge move, a gutsy move here, bringing in not only AJ Minter for two fantastic innings, but to bring in Tyler Matzik here, it still bears the question why does he keep doing this to poor Luke Jackson? At first, I got mad, but then I started to think, look, if a guy doesn't have it, he doesn't have it. And you got to kind of move away from the guy, at least temporarily. This is two huge situations that he has thrust Luke Jackson into this year, or this series, that he has come up short. Is there really no one else that they have in that bullpen that they felt could give them a thing? You should check out what Luke Jackson did in the regular season. I really don't care what he did in the regular season, Brandon. That, that, so, that's beside the point. 71 games and a 1.98 ERA in a over a two war as a reliever is, is, is not good enough for you. No, it is not good enough for me for one reason. Why after the eighth inning fiasco in what was that game three or four? Three? Is the one they lost. Three. Three. Um, the eighth inning fiasco in game three. Am I correct in saying this is his first time back out there? Uh, I think so. Anything else? Why would you put him into setup innings? Um, just because the guy's been – there's like no – I think the thought process is like he's not going to blow another game, is he? <laughs> All right, but this is like the equivalent as if like, that's like if, a, that's like a uh, I don't even know how to describe that. That's like the, the definition, you know, the definition of insanity is repeating the same process, expecting a different outcome, correct? Okay, but this would be like if the Yankees brought in Jonathan Loisega in one playoff game and he blew it, and then bringing him in three games later, you're you're banking no, no, no. on the regular season success that they had. You and are one playoff game should not be indicative of of that. 
you also have to bank on their current form and their current confidence level. And you cannot tell me that you think that Luke Jackson's confidence is hot, high after he just got the fear of God put in his eyes by this lineup three, three games earlier. It just seems to make sense to me, especially with as well how good AJ Minter's been late. You certainly weren't going to not use him in this game. You could have waited an inning on him. You could have put Luke Jackson in that fifth. And if, if anything, the best case scenario in that lower pressure situation is he goes out there, he gets a one, two, three inning, and boom, confidence at an all-time high going into the World Series. Don't put him into another high-pressure situation where, A, it's far easier to fail, and B, the mental ramifications are going to be far worse to fail. I just think it was a very compromised position to put your guy in. But I understand well, what you're saying. Thank God that Tyler Matzik exists because he comes in an absolutely massive situation. We have second and third with no outs, with the go-ahead run at the plate, and who but Big Al, Albert Pujols, steps up. Matzik gets him to strike out. They then pinch hit Steven Souza. Now, LJ, I was told that the, that the Dodgers have this unbelievable depth in their lineup, and Steven Souza is taking the biggest at-bat of their season. Brandon, I also have to... No, I kid. Um, I no, kid. No, no, I know no, that no. there's a lot of injuries. <laughs> no, but I'm actually going to make this point because there have been a lot of injuries in the last couple days for this team. And yet, why do I feel like every other big at bat that you need a pinch hitter for has also included Steven Susan? Speaking <laughs> of guys, the guys have hard ons for it's Dave Roberts and Steven Susan. Actually, no, that's probably him and Corey Knievel more. But. He's appeared in eight postseason games, <laughs> seven as a pinch hitter. <laughs> it, actually, nine, including tonight, eight as a pinch hitter. I'm sorry. Oh, it's it's a problem. Taxes, Dave Roberts using Steven Souza as a pinch hitter in a big situation. He strikes I out. <laughs> Mookie Betts steps up. He gets him to strike out. In terms of win probability added, Tyler Matzik gets the highest out of anyone in this game, plus 37%. Uh, it's safe to say that him and Eddie Rosario single-handedly won this game yes, for the Braves. I have to condemn the Dodgers lineup in this inning because – you have this guy, you have not only you have runners on second and third, a perfect opportunity to tie this game up and you don't execute, but they put their eighth inning guy, one of their best relievers in, in the seventh inning, meaning you had an opportunity to make it so at, at the very least, at the very least, they are go, they're going to have to go to somebody else in the eighth inning. And there has to be another guy that could screw up between Matzik and Smith. They have three outs to extend his time, even without getting the, the two two runs across the board. 
and yet they managed to go down in order on 11 pitches. That's not winning baseball. That's not what most of these top teams done. That, that isn't a winning recipe. A winning recipe is working at bats. If you're going to strike out, work the darn at bat to the point where he's at maybe I, I, reasonably, there's no reason a disciplined lineup could not have gotten him to maybe 15, 16 pitches. And then you're starting to question whether or not you should keep him in there a full inning. Tyler Matzek's been nails uh, other than game two in this post in this series. He has not allowed a run in this entire postseason. believe he finishes uh, or so far now he is at. Um, how do I see it here? In this postseason, he's thrown 10 and a third innings, four hits, two earned runs and 17 strikeouts. Uh, incredible what he's done. But. He comes back out for the eighth inning. The Braves failed to do anything in the bottom of the seventh. He comes back out for the top of the eighth, strikes out Corey Seager, gets Trey Turner and Will Smith to ground out. They hand it over to Will Smith, the closer for the ninth. He slams the door shut. The Braves advance to the World Series, winning four to two. The win to Tyler Matzik, the loss to Walker Bueller, four innings, seven hits, four earned runs, and the save to Will Smith. Ian Anderson goes four innings, three hits, one earned run, and four strikeouts. The Braves just outplayed the Dodgers this series, and there's nothing, there's, there's nothing else that you can say. I, I really think that that's how we should wrap that up. It's the Braves outplayed the Dodgers. And this is probably the best. Is this the best team ever to never win a title on paper? One of the best ever to not win a title? One of the best ever. Oh, yeah. one Mariners is close. I was going to say. Oh, one Mariners. Um, geez, I'm really having trouble. Maybe one of those Indians teams in the 90s, but wow. This is probably, this is probably the scariest lineup to not win a title. Maybe not the best team. And I think regular season wins need to play into account there, but this is probably the scariest lineup to never win a title. Yeah. I think in, in a terms of lineup, I know that the 96 Indians, they almost had a thousand runs total in terms of overall team quality uh, offense and pitching. This is certainly up there, but we have a Astros Braves world series. Games one and two will be on Tuesday and Wednesday in Houston. Uh, I can't wait. Me either. This is going to be. This is going to be quite the series. Actually, yeah, it will. I think it's what it's going to come down to again. What are we going to get from Houston? Are we going to get games five and six? starter starting rotation or are we going to get games one through three starting rotation and will atlanta i mean if it's if the way i see it atlanta has all the momentum but houston gets the extra day of rest for their pitching uh, uh this is going to be an incredible series i don't see this going 
or I should say, like, there's no way this series is either four or five games. And as now, as I say that, I'm just absolutely putting the Astros or the Braves into a four or five game victory. But I really think that this is a six or seven game series and uh, we're in for an absolute uh, great one. This is a matchup that I was not expecting. One person did predict this Trevor Plouffe, LJ, uh, March 31st, the day prior to the season starting Trevor Plouffe, for those who don't know, used to play in the MLB. He tweeted Astros over the Braves in six games in the world series on March 31st. Amazing. What a prediction. Certainly not one that was on a lot of people. Was it on people's radar? People had Atlanta uh, as like. I, in- I had Atlanta very highly, highly rated. Going not as a World Series team, though. I thought that I they were think- a DSCS team. Yeah, because, well, what? I said I thought they were like a NLDS, NLCS team. You see, the thing is, I don't think it's possible to truly take, for most people to truly feel comfortable taking them just because the Dodgers existed Mm. because the Dodgers existed it was very hard for people to take them I mean realistically you look at it all you can do is look at it on paper in the offseason and if it doesn't look good on paper you can't take it if you I mean I, I think it's much easier to take things that don't look good on paper after you've watched them for a year and after that season, I could genuinely find reasons I could buy into Braves other than just what's on paper. Because what's on paper at the end of the year doesn't look nearly as good as what was on paper at the beginning of the year. And yet I can still find those places. Well, let's get into, oh, I should, one last thing. NLCS MVP has been announced. To no one's surprise, it is Eddie Rosario. Um, I saw something, 14 hits in this series. That's the most hits ever in a single postseason series. And it only went six games. Uh, that seems pretty hard to do. Brandon, do we want to transition this real quick into an update on our non-sports moment of the day? Uh, yes, I'm, I have on the Shakur Stevenson fight in the background right now. Yes, Brandon... I'm not surprised by what I'm seeing, but that's a massive number. So far, we are currently in round seven of 12. Most of you will probably know exactly how things end by then. I'm pretty sure I know how things are going to end already. And um, Shakur Stevenson's already landed twice as many hits as uh, Herring has. Big boxing, guys. Big boxing podcast. And you guys really boxing daily? Boxing daily. (laughs) Let's just do every sport daily. The Daily Network. <laughs> Who says no? Um, it's our sleep schedule. Um, <laughs> our, very, our very sanity. Honestly, right. oh, yeah, he's won every round. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is... This is I'm pretty way. sure that it was like the odds. It was minus <laughs> odds for it to go the to go all 12 rounds as Stevenson is not uh, the, the greatest knockout guy. He just, uh, he's, he's like a Floyd, fun, no, yeah. he's fun. He's like a Floyd Mayweather where he doesn't get hit and also seems to land 
a million punches. <laughs> amazing. Uh, watching the best boxers fight is is amazing. Now we just gotta get LJ into UFC, and then he'll be he'll be good. I'm not sure you're getting me there yet, Bob. All right, we're um, focused on uh, getting me back into the NBA right now. Slowly but surely, once I win our fantasy league, you'll you'll uh, you'll be back. Okay, um, we have post mortems to do. We're gonna try to do three. We will keep these short. Um, as we've already done enough talking about a lot of these playoff teams already. Uh, LJ, shall we start with the Milwaukee Brewers who were defeated by the Atlanta Braves in the NLDS in a, what was a very fun series? Yes. Look, this team, I think, again, another interesting narrative, honestly, all right, that's, I feel like I'm sounding like a broken record. I apologize because you know what? I can find interesting narratives out of all of these teams because we've followed so much this year. But certainly I'm intrigued by this narrative just because this pitching staff was always good. It was always going to be good. But somehow they managed to create a serviceable lineup out of nothing in the middle of this season. And that's how they got to the success they were at. It was serviceable. But once again, I'm going to say this again. I might be sounding like a broken record. It wasn't good enough. It just wasn't. And for a team that won 95 games, LJ, you cannot have this offense. You just can't. When your best hitter is Willie Adamas, like – Am, am I missing someone, LJ? Who is who is the best hitter on this team? Is it Christian Yelich still? Or is he just a name at this point? It's, I mean Yelich is a name. That's the thing here. And it's all right. No, who am I kidding? It is it is it is Willie Adamas, and it's not yes, close. Thank you. Um, I was about to say it's Willie Adamas is the centerpiece of this lineup which is amazing seeing he was a defense first shortstop when he came there. Honestly, I think they made good moves and those good moves would have paid off in abundance, bringing in a guy like William Thomas. If they had the star power to back it up, I think star power in a lineup just always seems to go a long way. If you slide Freddie Freeman into that Milwaukee lineup, how much more comfortable do you feel about that? Because I feel a lot more comfortable. Yeah, but Christian Yelich is, is their guy, LJ. This, is nothing. This Get is who it. they're paying starting in 2022, $26 million for every year through 2028. The Yankees were paying Jacoby Ellsbury for how long? At what point was he the star power? Jacoby Ellsbury did not uh, win an NL MVP. Jacoby Ellsbury did not become the first player in MLB history to have two seasons with a 325 batting average, 30 home runs, and 20 stolen bases, and he did it in back-to-back years. This guy just fell off a cliff, and I know the Brewers just fired their hitting coach, uh, 
which we have a lot of friends who are, are Brewers fans and they're very happy about that. But uh, I mean, oh boy, it's for a team that doesn't spend money in free agency and now they have this contract is something needs to change. The pitching is going to be good. Burns, Woodruff, Freddie Peralta are all absolute studs. The bullpen is there. It's now at the point where Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Going out and getting Colton Wong, Willie Adamas, uh, Eduardo Escobar. It's almost like if they didn't go get those guys, how, how bad would the lineup have been? Like how much worse could it have gotten? If they don't go out and get those guys, they don't win the division. No. The Cardinals Zoom by them in September. Easily. Easily. And I guess, yeah, Brandon, I understand what you're saying there about his past achievement, but – I don't think money can dictate star power right now. I don't think you're going to go, you could go through every single and ask every single manager, every single general manager for any of these teams. And you're not going to find one that says that they are truly terrified. They are truly worried about facing Christian Yelich anymore. And it's no, that's my point. He fell off a cliff and now they have to put all this money towards him. How much flexibility does the team even have now? It's Bobby Bonium. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, can like can like they just like tell Christian Yelich, we will pay you five million dollars a year for the next a hundred years? Just like that's that that's your interest for your contract is like we we will just put all this money in your bank account year after year if you just play better, please. Please, honestly, if you're if you were a player, Brandon, especially if you're like Kristen Yelich, who's already had multiple years on this contract, this was his third contract or second? Second contract. You know, there's was it his first actually? I don't think he had a lot of service time. Yeah, this is only his ninth year in the league. I believe that this was his, this is only his first contract because he signed it right after the 2019 season and it was backloaded so that he got less money in 2020 and 2021 and the big money starts in 2022. All right, but let me ask you, let's put put yourself in the mind of Christian Yelich. If the team, very good. Um, If the team went to you and said, Okay, 
I'm going to give you five to ten million dollars more on your contract as we renegotiate. You can have another year if you'd like, even. However, we're going to defer the payments and you're going to get them in such such. So it basically cuts the cost in half. Would you take that? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, I think at that point, too, because like he'd been such a star through his arbitration years, like all of those years that he was playing so great in Milwaukee, that last year where he was really solid in Miami, all of that was under the rookie salary base, all of that stuff. And so he was making decent money under arbitration. He's, got oh, yeah. He's still going to be getting money. And so I can't see a way that it really hurts most of these guys unless they have major investments, which I'm not sure. That's the only thing is I don't really know what's going on in the world, wonderful world of Christian Yelich, but. He's just trying to become better at baseball, I think, right now. That's just. All right. Well, can we agree? Well, actually, no. Let's let's start off with our standout performer on the team. I think we both agree with this one. My boy, Burns, right? Brandon, are you really going Willie Adamas? Hell yeah, I'm going Willie Adamas. Uh, I'm going Corbin Burns. Willie uh, Adamas just flat out changed the land the landscape of this team. Oh, that door's open. Um, Corbin Burns was already established to be, if not certainly not a Cy Young candidate, but a very good number two. And then all of a sudden he makes this next jump. Was this jump needed to make them a very quality team? They already had Brandon Woodard. However, Willie Adamas comes into a position of need, not truly expected to be the impact that he was. And then he comes in here and completely changes the makeup of this lineup, changes the vibe of, of all that they were doing on offense. I just think he he made such a change, a dramatic change in the year that I cannot do anything but make him my surprise. It's Corbin Burns for me because Brandon Woodruff was the alpha heading into this season, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and Corbin Burns puts up the best FIP by any player since 1946. In a game that's so built on three true outcomes for a pitcher to control that so well. I mean, seven, he was almost at seven strikeouts per walk. He leads the league in strikeouts per nine, leads the league in home runs per nine, and averages 1.8 walks per nine. He only ends up starting 28 games, but strikes out 234 batters. I still don't know how this guy – like you can't how you don't vote for this guy for Cy Young. Oh no. It's gonna go to Scherzer though, because it's Max Scherzer. But Corbin Burns is my Cy Young. Max and my standout performer. Not Max Cy Young. But I, I agree with everything you said about Willie Adamas. He needed to get out of Tampa. He literally said he couldn't hit in Tampa because of how bad the lighting is in Tropicana Field. It's a dump. We all know that. Um and I don't blame him for, for uh, blaming the trop because you look at his home road splits for his entire career. He literally 
it's a completely different player when he's not playing in that catastrophe of a sports stadium. You know, I understand it's bad. I agree it's bad. When you have players that are... Your hatred to such an extreme level, Brandon. I hate the trop. The trop sucks. The trop went and cheated on you with another girl, didn't it? Um... <laughs> thank God we never... Like, thank God I wasn't a baseball conscious in 2008. There was World Series games at the Trop. Like, that is, oh, that. Because, you know, you've got the clutchest bit postseason pitcher of all time in there, and he broke a lot of hearts. David Price is still nightmare fuel for me, and dream fuel. It's a weird situation. We have a complicated, Boston has a complicated past with David Price that I, I would love to explore in depth at some point. But, that is not what we're doing here. We are talking about the biggest disappointment of Milwaukee Brewers. Um, this is this is actually really tough. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, I just want, go. I want to go outside of the box because we've already. Yeah, I don't want to pick Christian Yelich. We already. While while he deserves it, like I don't mean to kick a man when he's down, except when he genuinely deserves it, and we probably should be kicking Christian Yelich while he's down right now. I'm going to go with Devin Williams for the pure Ooh. stupidity of how he managed to end his season. Yeah. That is unacceptable. You cannot party too hard in the clubhouse and punch a wall. And as one of the most influential players on your team, as part of the best, what was largely regard, regarded to be, if not the best one-two punch in the league right now, the next, the best one-two punch over the next five years was Hayter and Williams. And he's certainly a, a total of huge influence on this team. And he manages to do something so stupid like that to end his season and put him, his team in such a compromised position. Disappointment of the year. LJ, I've got a good one. And you were spot on about this guy. Uh, it's Jackie Bradley Jr., me and you combined put up more war than he did this year. LJ, I get the value that he brings defensively. And in 2020, he put up pretty good hitting stats. I mean, he had an 814 OPS. You cannot defend a guy who played 134 games and put up a 497 OPS. It's, I can't. It's, I don't want it, Brent. It's shocking to me how he almost had as many RBIs in 2020 as he did in 2021 when he had literally double the amount of plate appearances. I don't get it. I, I don't get it, LJ. And they signed him to what I remember being a pretty – Two years twenty-two. I think it was two years twenty-two. It was. I just pulled up here on Fangraphs. Two years, twenty-four million. He has a player option for twenty twenty-two for nine point five million dollars. He's taking that. What team's going to pay him nine hundred fifty thousand dollars? He's taking that nine point five million dollars for twenty twenty-two, 
There's a mutual option for 2023 for $12 million, which I can't believe that the brewers would ever accept. For a guy that brings you such tremendous uh, defensive value, you would think he'd have more than a 34 OPS plus. The worst season of his entire career. I, you know, and that's largely why I could not defend the guy because you can't be such a detriment to a lineup as often as he was, even in his better years. There are, there were plenty of points in time where he was a flat out detriment to the lineup in Boston. And so when everyone starts whining and complaining about, oh, it's Jackie Bradley Jr. So plays he makes are so amazing. If they don't bring him back, they're ridiculous. They're being so cheap. No. All these people who, now keep in mind, there were genuinely diehard Boston fans, people in sports media that thought that he probably might go back to the Red Sox at a deal around what his market value was. Brandon, this, this deal that they gave him was about market value. I realistically saw him getting one to two years, 22 million or one year, 11 million, or two years, 22 million. That was what I thought I was going to see out of him. And it's fair to say that there was people who were probably mad when you got a Kike Hernandez and said, why are we getting this guy instead of Jackie Bradley Jr.? Yep, absolutely. There were. Because, you know, and it's easy to overlook the offense stuff when he does look so good at times and when his defense always looks so good. But you can't have that, and you can't have that on a longer-term deal. I am genuinely appalled by them. I'm appalled for Brewers fans at the length of this contract. Any scenario where you're possibly committing to him for three years was such a huge, huge risk, especially at something that's going to end up with an AAV of well over $10 million. Crazy. Well, the Brewers have a lot of work to do this offseason. Another scenario I kept running through my head, imagine if Justin Turner ends up signing with them and they don't have to start Luis Urias at third base the whole year. And he was good, uh, but just uh, what what a, a guy like a Justin Turner would do for this lineup would be wonders compared to what they have now and Hopefully the Brewers can go out and get that guy this offseason. I can only hope. They really don't have a lot of uh, guaranteed uh, salaries that they have to uh, pay for this year. It's a lot of arbitration. I really think that they are going to go out and get in a, a few impactful bats. They, they, they have to. They, they absolutely have to, or else it's, it's going to be the same story as the 2021 season. Chris Taylor? A lot of people are going to be in on Chris Taylor, but the Brewers need to be one of those teams. Look, honestly, that's the other thing, too, is with this floor, that's going to bring me more of what I would love to see in baseball, which is more like the NBA, where the where you've got NBA teams that are more than willing to, the, the small market teams, the teams that are rebuilding, are more than willing to take on bad contracts in, in exchange for future capital. If this floor comes into play, I could very easily see Jackie Bradley becoming a real player in the trade market. If you are willing to package him with a pick just to get him, or not a pick, I'm sorry, a prospect just to get him out of town, 
Somebody's going to bite on that. Someone. Uh, the, parents, the Orioles, somebody that wants that has to get up to that floor and can get a prospect out of it, they'll do it. All right, LJ, I believe we are doing okay on time. Do we want to do another team? Your call. Well, let's do Tampa. We can we can get Tampa in. Um, all right, the Tampa Bay Rays. Brandon, I'm pretty sure I can safely say that we were both glad to see them go. I hate Tampa so much. Yes, I hate Tampa. And I we're both pretty rational on here and I will give teams credit where credit's due, but this team made a mockery of the game in the playoffs and it showed um, two years in a row. They, I'm going to come out flat and say it. A, one of the best regular season teams in the last decade. And I don't think I'm wrong by saying that what is wrong is how they treat playoff games. Like, it's April 15th and it's just another game for them. And I did a whole episode by myself where I went on a rant about how you can't go in with a philosophy. And these are quotes from the race, from their analytics people, where they say the word starter and the word reliever are simply just words. And all we care about is outs, outs and runs. There's there's no human element in, in, in baseball to them anymore. They don't care about trading away their best players when they have to pay them. They don't care about fan loyalty. They don't care about their stadium. They don't care that it's a two-hour drive and you have to go over one bridge to get there from Tampa. They don't care about anything but what the numbers say. There's there's no human element in baseball to the Tampa Bay Rays. And they have so many young, exciting, fun players to watch that they're genuinely one of the like the most fun teams to watch in the MLB. Yet they are so reliant on this system that they have. It has bit them in the ass two years in a row. And yes, they've been killed with injuries. And yes, I get the playoffs are just, you know, a, a crapshoot. But they really did it to themselves this year. And I, I don't think that, that there's any other explanation. They're a fantastic team. Their organizational makeup is amazing with their payroll. And I get their owner is a cheapskate and he doesn't want to spend money there's just I just hate I hate the race and it I was glad to see them go yes to make to take the long way yes I was glad to see them go LJ even and though they won 100 games for starters they did only they did only win 100 games let's get there before we like christen them too much before we christen the system too much it was only a 100 win season it's not like they won 140 games. And this isn't about what you said, but I feel like a lot of people are like, this system, this team is just like the coolest. They look what they're doing with this roster. No, it's not. You're not getting results. You're not, you haven't even been the best team in the league in the regular season once. Uh, in 2020, they were the best in the American League. 
They, not important. 2020 doesn't count. Well, they had the best record in the American League this year, didn't they? Yes, they had the best record in the American League, but the Dodgers and Giants lapped them. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I, I think also this culture, that, that similar type of culture that comes from the top of the organization down, extends to the players. Maybe this is just me, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but there were too many times this year where it almost felt like that Rays team thought they were that good. Like, they thought that they were all it. They thought that they were the defending American League champions and that they had this foolproof, that their their organization had this foolproof plan. They were bought in, and that's why they were better than the Yankees. That's why they were better than the Red Sox. Something that's been bothering me more and more the farther it goes past it is, do you remember that that day in at Fenway in early early uh, September, the Rays ended up, I think, winning that series, but they lost the final game because Hunter Renfro went like ape shit on on him. He had he had like two put outs. He had two. I'm sorry, two put outs, two outfield assists, and a game go ahead home run in the game in everything. And now this is a former Ray, a Ray that they gave up on very quickly after one season that goes out and does this. And the entire team, the entire uh, Ray's clubhouse afterwards texted him and was like joking around, like, have mercy, have mercy and all that. And at first I was like, that's funny. He's doing awesome. You know, he deserves it. Definitely. He deserves the props. But the farther I think past that. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're... Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. It's almost like they, they belittled the team they belittled the loss so much because they felt oh it's not gonna that loss isn't gonna matter in the grand scheme of things this team isn't gonna matter in the grand scheme of things they took that same attitude into that series against boston there's no way you cannot tell me with the position with the the performance that they put on that they were actually thinking about the boston series until it was game three or four no, LJ, like I said, they 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 think about the series, but you look at the way that they manage, it's just another it's just another game for them. It's not the playoffs. They don't care about bringing a starter out of the bullpen who's never pitched out of the bullpen in the last year. They don't care about using a guy on 3 days rest who's never pitched on 3 days rest before. They don't care, LJ. There's no human element to the game. I mean, I mean, the players, though. I think the players were already focused on the CS against Houston. 
Oh, yeah, no. The players were certainly uh, looking ahead because they thought that... Uh, everybody else, and that drives me nuts. No, you're right. Uh, and look, we'll get in in a minute here to our surprises and our letdowns. But let's not forget, we did a full episode where we talked, it was basically Ray's appreciation night. How they had the best minor league system by far, right? LJ, was it they won the championship or made the championship game in every single minor league level? Yes. Okay. They have, I believe, five or six prospects in the top 100, not including Wander Franco. And the sad thing is, is that until this owner slash front office is out of there, you will never be able to name if you're a casual baseball fan. Some of my friends actually follow the MLB, like not as obviously not as close as us. That's because we're crazy. Um, they, they follow the MLB on a pretty regular basis. They genuinely couldn't name five players on the race. Is it their fault? It, n- no, but also at the same time, when you trade away your best players every few years, it makes it hard to recognize anyone on the team. It really is. Do, I mean, I could literally go through a massive list of the players that they trade that they've traded away from their team and just let go because it is an absurd list. And I'm not going to do it now. I'll do it at some point. Just their whole organizational makeup. And yes, the people who follow baseball like us, oh, they're so cool. Like, look at this. What? Why do teams need to spend money on free agency when you can be the Rays? The Rays operate like this because they can't spend money. If you want to see a team that operates like the Rays with money, it's the Los Angeles Dodgers. It literally is. Do people talk about the Dodgers system the same way they talk about the Tampa Bay Rays? No, because the Dodgers operate like a real baseball team who cares about their players and about their fans. And when it comes down to the CS and you're just, or to the DS against Boston, and yes, they caught a bad break in game three, the 13 inning game. But besides that, you're bringing out guys like Luis Patino. And who's the other guy that they brought out in game four? Um, was it Patino again? It, yes. No. Or no, Shane McClanahan where they do this stupid thing where Colin McHugh throws 18 pitches in two innings, only throws four balls. And then they say, uh, we're already down two to one in a five game series. You know, all the analytics say we should save Colin McHugh for the next day. So we'll only have him go two innings when he's dealing and we'll bring Shane McClanahan out of the bullpen who has never thrown out of the bullpen since 2019 never pitched on three days rest. We're going to pull this fast one on the Red Sox. And the Red Sox kill Shane McClanahan for five runs. LJ, 
biggest surprise on the race? You know, I've been thinking a lot on this one because it's hard. I, I'm going to start with this. Are we eliminating Wanda Franco from the conversation for this? Because we were expecting- We're not surprised, yeah. We were expecting him to be amazing. However, I will say, I am surprised at just how amazing he is. Like he is absolutely phenomenal and he has far exceeded my expectations, but I don't think we can necessarily call him a surprise. Who I can call a surprise is Taylor Walls. Because I think think any guy, I don't care that he didn't spend the whole year up, that was a huge plus for this team to have to have Wanda Franco and Vidal Bruhan be these two, the next two big prospects for this team in the in terms of position players, and have them be ready to come up this year being so exciting. But all of a sudden you bring up Taylor Walls to see what he's got. And legitimately he brings gold glove caliber defensive skill at shortstop for for the time he was up that's fantastic to me that is a huge plus for this team it's a huge it shows exactly what the farm system and the organization as a whole is all about and and just how strong their depth is with quote scott quality skilled players he certainly impressed me this year yeah and for people who are like, well, what the hell is LJ talking about? Because I guarantee you, you're sitting there on his baseball reference page right now, and you're like, this guy had a 610 OPS. Yes, but he had 1.4 war and 152 at-bats. Defensively, LJ at one point, wasn't he leading an outs above average, and he'd only played like 30 games or something? Yes. And he was leading the whole league in outs above average. Or at least among shortstops. And there's this guy, this scrub named Andrelton Simmons that also plays his position. Who? The Hall of Famer? Exactly. That's a great choice. I, I did not think you were going there. Um, so along the Wander Franco thought process, I'm not going to say Brandon Lau because in 2020, he kind of broke out. Uh, And this is what he did in 2021 was just his 2020 season extrapolated. Uh, Like this guy's really, really good at baseball. Uh, And that's why I made my MVP ballot. Go check out our AL MVP ballot for more Brandon Lau uh, coverage. You know, LJ, this might be a bit of a surprise I'm going Randy Arozarena because we saw what he did in the postseason in 2020. And people were like, let's see if he can do it for a full season. He, he absolutely did it for a full season. And what he did in the postseason, remember, he only played 23 games in the regular season in 2020. He almost played as many postseason games as he did regular season games in 2020. He comes out in 2021, 131 OPS plus, uh, ends up with a 2020 season, 20 homers, 20 stolen bases. In his rookie year, mind you. Yes, in his rookie year. He's going to win rookie of the year. So much more uh, room to grow. 4.2 war. Uh, he's only 26 years old, which sure is a little bit old for a rookie, but he's an incredible player to watch uh has 
a real solid approach at the plate. Had a, some huge hits in the postseason this year, right, against the Red Sox. Um, and he showed in the postseason also that he's still really good. In the four games he played, five for 15 with a homer, uh, a one-dot OPS, uh, win probability added uh, is up there. You know, this guy, he has the clutch gene. And is a really fun player to watch. Just like I said, this whole Rays team, it, it goes more than Brandon Lau and Wander Franco, like a Rosa Reina. And, you know, I, I like watching Nelson Cruz. I mean, let's not forget they traded for this guy in the middle of the season. He, he's a fun player to watch, too. So it was tough for me to pick. But Randy, uh, I love Randy. My college roommate from last year never really watched baseball in his life but i had on the world series and a lot of the playoff games he fell in love with randy rosarena he just did then i showed him that he stole home against the red Sox this year in the postseason it this it's actually his favorite player and he doesn't watch baseball but randy rosarena that's the one guy he knows he you watch him play and he goes i can just tell that that guy is one of the best players and I'm on the field and I'm like, well, you're absolutely right. You're, you're absolutely right. So yeah, Randy. And that goes, that goes to say something too, because with the exception of, I think Wander is going to get that air and it really already has that air. If you're if you watch that series, there's no one else on that team. We talk about how great Brandon Lau's been, but at the same time, isn't it even as somebody who, watches the Rays a lot because they're in my division. I don't have that same fear of Brandon Lau as I do of Randy Rosarena. And I think if Brandon Lau had actually shown up this postseason, that would have gone a long way towards establishing his name, his legacy, his brand, but he didn't. No, you're right, LJ, you're right. Well, who is um, your biggest disappointment? Ryan Yarborough, what the hell happened to him? LJ, I have no idea. Like, this just felt very jarring, this drop-off. Did he finish the year of a sub-five? No. Oh, buddy. That's just not the Ryan Yarbrough any of us thought we were going to be seeing in the next several years. He finishes the year with a 5.11 ERA, negative 1.4 war on the year, and... What I'm willing to bet is, yes, a career high in home runs per nine. A career low in strikeouts per nine. This, where'd he go wrong? Uh, I don't know. Maybe the Rays truly can't turn every no name into, into Randy Johnson. No, 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 no. But that's the thing is, like, he wasn't a no name at this point. I refuse to believe he's a no name. After a great rookie year, a very solid sophomore year, if you want to call it 4-13 ERA, a sophomore slump, but I really don't think so. Um, and then goes down, gets down again to a 356 in year three, the shortened year three with 55 innings over nine starts. Brandon, 
this guy was on his way. He wasn't, maybe he's not going to be a one, but he had two, three potential written all over him. And then drops this out in there. Do we think that maybe them using him as a follower so much hurt him? Because in 2020, it was mostly as a starter. This year, they bring him in as a follower a lot more. And I'm looking at his exit velocity stuff. Average exit velocity is in the 99th percentile. The problem is it's just he he allows the ball to get hit just so much. Whiff percentage, 16th percentile. Career high in hits per nine, 9.5. And he got the walks down, too. Yep. The walks came way down from what he's done in the past. So, I don't know. I'm not willing to give up on him yet. I no. Can't. He's only – I mean, he is 29. But. He's 29, but, again, we see how many guys don't peak until they're well into their 30s. Yeah. Among, among pitchers, among starting pitchers especially. I just – I see a future for this guy in this league if he can get this right. And a lot of that future comes because he's so different from everything this league's about. This league is all about these power guys, these power control freaks. If you can find a power control freak like Corbin Burns, you're loaded. A guy who's going to be able to spin the ball a million miles an hour, throw the ball a million miles, um, and just get all of that power stuff and still not walk a bunch of guys. That is the ideal pitcher these days. Ryan Yarbrough's games is all about soft contact. And we're going to get to a point where these teams are optimizing themselves so much and optimizing their players so much for what the analytics are saying is the perfect spot. We're seeing more and more of these power pitchers that a finesse soft contact type guy like Ryan Yarbrough is going to become more difficult to deal with because you're seeing less of them. And I, I, just, I, I see this guy having a place in this league. I really do. Um, LJ, I'm going to go with another left-handed pitcher on this team who I thought, and when we talked to, oh, I can't, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kevin Smith of the Locked On Race podcast prior to the year. He noted this guy as potentially a breakout for them after a nice 2020 showing. But Josh Fleming, another lefty who had a rough season. Uh, And you look at his baseball savant, pretty similar to Yarborough, except for the fact that he allowed harder contact and the for a game that's so built on like spin rate i i really don't think having a first percentile curveball spin rate is is gonna cut it i just don't probably not it's just a k rate of the fourth percentile when you can't miss bats and you can't get that like look the chase rate is up there but when you can't get guys out when you can just get them to two strikes but you you don't have a put away pitch it's hard to be successful and 
Josh Fleming was a guy who some people even had them had him as like a potential of rookie of the year sleeper because he goes five and zero in twenty twenty, looks really good and one forty eight ERA plus. And you look at twenty twenty one where one hundred ten hits and one hundred four innings, the WHIP up to one point three five. Uh, just another guy who got kind of hit around and. Tampa, they're going to love having Tyler Glass now back whenever that is. I mean, we're not thinking – I mean, we're thinking he's probably going to be out for most of 2022, right? I'm not sure. I mean, he had the surgery August 4th for Tommy John. It would be unlikely, but at the same time, with the way the Rays – with the way the Rays operate, if they felt like they needed him, they might try to bring him back in some form of limited capacity. It would not be. It would not shock me. Regardless, um, yeah, the starting pitching for Tampa could certainly use a boost. Uh, we know how good they are out of the bullpen. We know what their offense did, scoring the second most runs. But guys like Josh Fleming, Ryan Yarborough. Uh, may be an issue and had they had one of them step up big in the postseason this could have been a completely different story but it's going to do it for this episode real quick update Shakur Stevenson does win in 10 rounds and he won all 10 rounds beautiful beast um Yeah, be sure to check out, if you're listening to this early enough, the F1 U.S. Grand Prix is this morning. Uh, F1 championship race is coming down to the wire here. Very exciting. Check that out. LJ's Ferrari are performing a lot better this year than they have in years past. So It's just the one year. Yeah. Worst sports year ever. 2019. 2020. It's 2019. They 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 want to forget as well, but yeah, definitely 2019. But it wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't unwatchable. Last year was genuinely unwatchable. Uh, yeah. But by the way, this is the first the Braves. I just saw this stat on ESPN: the first sub 90 win team to reach the World Series since 2014. Without, yeah, without it was that I think that was the Giants that year. Yes, Giants only won 88 games that year as well. Hmm. Yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you. Uh, we will be recording Monday night or no, Tuesday night for game one of the World Series. But until then, see you Tuesday. See you manana, not manana. Lunes, martes. 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 Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.